What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Pretty good, pretty good. I can tell we got at least half the crowd is Clemson people this morning because we had some energy. See, that's good. That's good for y'all. Good for y'all. It's like I had some people message me and then put on the wall, like, I don't know if he's going to be ready to preach because the game costs all. So I just need to let y'all in on something. I did wear my funeral clothes today. Y'all can see it, but I don't pick out my clothes. Leah picks out my clothes. I'm just being honest, all right? So, for real, Leah picks out my clothes. But, like, I obviously was disappointed because I am on the losing side. But I got something today that's way better than that. So I'm just letting y'all know. This is what I need from y'all. So I need y'all to be engaged with me. I need y'all to talk to me today. Y'all with me? Okay, because if you don't talk to me, I'm just going to let y'all in because I've never really given you everything. I'm letting y'all in on what it's like to be up here and you not talk back to me. I feel like my fly's undone, all right? Y'all ever, been, y'all ever been walking around, your fly's undone, and you look and go, oh my gosh, how long has this been like this, right? If you're a dude, you know what I'm talking about. Like, that's what it feels like. When I'm saying something, I feel like it's good. If y'all don't preach it with me, I'm like, oh, my fly must be undone. I wore a long shirt just in case my fly was undone this morning because I feel like sometimes it is. So y'all talk back with me. If today's the first time that you're here with us, we are really excited that you're here. We, we had two amazing worship experiences. Uh, I'm so thankful for our worship team and for all of our volunteers. We have so much fun every Sunday. And this, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be your house of worship if it's not already because uh, we're going to have a lot of fun the rest of the service. But if you missed the four weeks of overflow, here's what it was about, okay? What does it look like in our lives to experience a life that God is filling and as a result, I am spilling out into other people? And we use Psalm 23, and if you didn't hear it, I encourage you to go back and download the podcast or look at it online on our videos, but I, I encourage y'all to, to look at it. But today's the message that I've been looking forward to and trying not to preach for four weeks because it's really what God has been speaking into my life since last January. And it's been like, I don't know if y'all have ever been like this, but this process in my life, and I, I'm, I'm saying this process n- not was, but is, because I'm still, I feel like I'm still going through this. Y'all ever been through like mud and you get stuck and you're like, crap, I'm in the mud, and then it gets deeper and it gets worse, and you keep trying to take steps, and your boots are there, and they're stuck in the mud, and you keep taking steps, and then there's your socks, and then you're still trying to go, and then it's uphill somehow in the mud because the mud's not sliding. It's crazy. Y'all know what I mean? Like, it's awful. This is what this process has been like. It hasn't been like this euphoric, amazing experience in my life. It's been difficult, but God has used this like nothing else in the history of my life for life change to take place. And I believe it's why we're going where we're going as a church and in individuals why this house is beginning to change and why I'm so pumped up. Because I'm telling you, the last experience that I had dealing with this was on Mount Arbel and then the Mount of Olives. And I really felt like God spoke to me directly there in Israel and said, Mark, this is it. This is it. This is what I want you to see. And that's what I'm bringing for you today. So this is what I kind of want you to picture in your mind, all right, with me. Y'all know the feeling that when you're like going through life and you're looking out and like some of y'all have jobs, right? Some of y'all, some of y'all work, hopefully all of you, some of y'all work and in the business world, when you look out, you're like, I know that my boss would be happy with me if I would do more. So I'm going to work my way up. Y'all say yes if you're with me. I'm going to work my way up the corporate ladder. If I work harder, I'll be there. I've got to do more, act more, brown nose to him, make or her, make it better so that they love me. Are y'all with me? Is that not kind of the way it is in the corporate world? No matter where you are, one of, one of them saying no. But like, if you work harder and do more, like, like, it makes sense. If you bust your tail 
you go higher. Are y'all with me? Right? Well, isn't that the way that because it's that way, we feel that way with God? And maybe that's not the way you are, but I'm telling you, almost every one of you, because of the way we feel about the corporate world, it just like bleeds over. And up until last year, I'm convinced that my entire life, I believed that that's the way it was with God. And here's why. I've said things like, y'all with me? I've said things like, I think God is proud of me because of what I did today, right? I don't know why we think that, because it never says that in Scripture. But I said things like, today I did good for God. You're welcome, right? And it leads to, it leads to this horrible, horrible internal, like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep doing better, so, so just keep loving me, my bad. And, and on the flip side, when I screw up, it's like, oh my gosh, my life is over. My life is over because I'll never quite be good enough. I'll never quite, I'll never quite be the speaker that I wish I was because when I watch people on TV or on the internet, they're way better than me. So there's no way that I can do what I need to do to do what I'm trying to do. Y'all with me? I, there's no way I'm ever going to be good enough. God, why did you make me like this? Gracious. Like when I watch Tommy and Travis and, 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 and our entire band playing their instruments, Morgan and Bobby Scott and Corey ripping up here and Brian and Shannon, like Patty playing the Like when I'm watching all these guys playing, I'm like, why can't I do that? That's awesome. Why am I not as good as them, God? And then I'm watching some of y'all do what you do or the way that you look. And I'm like, look at what you did here and why can't I look like that? Because I look in the mirror. Y'all know what I mean? Like I'm, I see this. This is whatever. Like, like, why can't, why did you do that? And I'm convinced that for most of my life, and I don't think I was taught this specifically, but for most of my life, I believe that my position was dictated by my performance or what I thought or what I did or what I acted like or where I went or what I didn't do or the fact that I kept all the rules and then I did more or the fact that I got up on Thanksgiving morning and I did mission work. God, you're welcome. Now you love me. Now you think that I'm good enough to be in your family. And it is such a jacked up, screwed up life that the result of that leads me to an awful, toxic environment in my heart. And this is, this is the thing that I believe God spoke to me, y'all. This is the thing on that mountain. Speaking with one of my friends who's a pastor. And then we got together at night and we had this conversation. And I had one of those aha moments where it's like, I got to go preach this, but I got to wait four weeks. Because this is what God's doing right here. What if the problem is that we're following what Jesus told us the two greatest commandments are, and we're living it out, we're fleshing it out? What if that's the problem? Because see, in Matthew chapter 22, the religious leaders came up to Jesus and they said, teacher, tell us what the greatest commandment is. And Jesus said, the greatest commandment is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. And we're like, check, I got that, God, right? I've got the love the Lord your God part, I'm doing that. And then he said the second one, and this is what I think is the problem that has led to a toxic environment when it comes to the church. And the reason the culture of the church is I hate you is this right here. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I underline this because I believe this is the toxic part because listen to me carefully. If we really believe that we're not good enough or that our position in the kingdom of God 
is based on our performance and if we're good enough. Basically, what we're saying is I'll never be in the position that I wish that I was, and my calling is dictated by what I do. So, so every one of you that call yourself a Christian, if you're not a Christian, stay with me, okay? We're pumped up that you're here, but stay with me. For every one of you that say, Pastor Mark, I am a Christian, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, what we're ultimately saying here is, I hate you because I hate me. Because I never feel like I'm quite good enough in my heart, and I believe in my heart that last January, God started this, this journey in my life to show me that it's not good enough to try really hard to love all of you or to love all of them or to try to change the world or believe that if I keep going harder or keep reading more books or keep praying more, if I get up, you know what, tomorrow morning, if I get up at 6 instead of 7 a.m., I give God an extra hour. If I do that for him, if I just do that for him, maybe he'll love me. And I have missed the boat my entire life on what it really means because this is it. If you walk out with one thing, I hope that you'll walk out with this today. If, like if you tune me out, Right now, don't miss this. Position, not performance, determines overflow. Position, not performance, determines overflow. And what that means is my position is not based on what I do. And therefore, my overflow or what I am or what, how I am changing the world. The, the whole purpose of this sermon series that, that the Holy Spirit fills my life and then the thing that explodes out of it is what they see and what changes the world. And guys, listen, you are called to something so much greater. But we look and say, you know what? I'm telling you, man, I, I hear what you're saying, but I see me and I don't believe that. Your performance is not what dictates your overflow and you've got to put that to bed. Because guys, I'm telling you, <laughs> I wish I had a statistic or a number for the number of people that believe toxic about themselves. And I wish I could take you into rooms and tell you how I hear hate when I'm, when I'm talking to people one-on-one -on -one and I'm loving on them and I have tears running down my face with them and I say, how can you think this way about them? And then I pump the brakes and say, because they think this way about themselves. That's a good time to say, come on, right? Or maybe not. Because this has to do with the mirror, right? This isn't everybody else. And the truth of the matter is, we as Christians, especially the ones that like to sit around with coffee and talk big, we like to, to give God all the credit and say how awesome and amazing and sovereign and big he is. And then at the end of the conversation, what we're really saying is, God, it's an honor for you to use me, but it's all about what I do that dictates what this thing happens. And we take all the onus off of God, <laughs> the God of the universe, and we put all of it on ourselves. And we say, dude, I'm just not good enough. Ultimately, what we're saying, guys, is God, you made me in your image, Genesis 1:27, and that's awesome. You made me and gave me the right to be called a son or daughter of the king, John chapter 1. I get all that stuff, and that's awesome, but you screwed up when you made me. A couple years ago, Leah was uh, teaching a a class called So Long and Security by Beth Moore. Some of y'all will know it. And I've told y'all this before, but I want to repeat it because it really fits well today. She, she asked the group, tell us your insecurities. And it was before we started the church, and honest to goodness, and it wasn't based on how I look. It was just my life. I was like, I for real don't know any. Like, I, don't, I, I wish I could tell you, but I don't know any. 
if you ever want to know insecurities, I encourage y'all to become a pastor, <laughs> especially start a church because they're like, they like explode out of you because you find out everything that you thought you were or weren't isn't true. And then you start becoming highly defensive of what people say and you start believing that performance is what dictates position in the kingdom. And it is completely and totally jacked up. And so today, the scripture I want to look at is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 to show you why this is such a toxic way to believe and show you the freedom that is found in Jesus Christ. And this is the verses that I'm telling y'all, this is what I've been holding in for so long, so I'm going to be a little bit Pentecostal, and I need y'all to preach with me, okay? Because this is good news. I'm telling y'all right now, this is good news. So look at what this says in... In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul is writing his second letter to the church of Corinth. And this is what Paul says, From now on, therefore, meaning as a result of what has happened, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. Now let me stop right here. I, I need y'all to get this because this is really important. This is like the opposite of, of us. How many times do we look at someone, the flesh, what they have been, what they've done, where, and, and, and we look at them and we say, they can't be a part of this church, right? No, nobody. Like, no one's ever done that? We look and say, oh my gosh, did you see who came to church today? That's crazy. Right? Someone, someone messaged me this week, I promise, God is my witness, true story. Someone messaged me this week and said, hey, uh, a child or sex offender, on, they're on the registry, they want to come to church, but I want to make sure it's okay. And I, first of all, I was excited. And second of all, I wanted to get mad, right? Because I was like, why do you have to freaking ask? So I, yes or no, y'all need to talk back to me, please. Yes or no, can a sex offender come in this house? Yes. yes. We would love it, right? That's awesome. Can they work in our or serve in our kids' area? No. no. That's weird. We're not doing that. That's why we do the sled check things and the background checks. That ain't happening. But that doesn't mean we're not pumped up that they're here. And that doesn't mean they can't be in the parking lot or a ton of other places to serve. They're not going to serve in our kids or our student ministry. That ain't happening, okay? But does that mean that they can't come? Of course they can come. If you aren't comfortable with a church that would allow sex offenders to come in, I'm asking you to never come back because we are going to be so pumped up that they come in this house and we're going to welcome them and we're going to love on them. Why? Because we're not going to regard one according to their flesh, meaning what they've done in the past. We're not going to look at people and say, I cannot believe. Because here's the person that I really want to do that toward, this guy. And that's a toxic way of looking at me. Mark, dude, y'all do this? Mark, dude, you woke up and you screwed up your life bad. Like you tried to do your quiet time with Jesus, and then you went out and sinned. And isn't it like a tension? What I want to do, I don't do. And what I do, I wish I didn't do. Like, I, I constantly juggle. And then this is what I tell myself, because I tell the lies to myself 10,000 times more than the devil or his, or his de, de, uh, excuse me, demons or anyone else. Any, any of your enemies out there that are talking to you and, and talking down to you, they don't tell you the lies about yourself nearly as much as you tell yourself, because this is what I say. Dude, you'll never change the world. You'll never be a part of something great. You'll never see God's move happen because you did this. Stop regarding yourself as the flesh. Do you know why we should do that? We used to do that with Jesus, but we do it no longer. Therefore, once again, as a result of this, watch. This is awesome. If anyone is in Christ, say this with me. Say, in Christ. In Christ. 
Say it again. Say, in Christ. In Christ. If any of you are in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, Paul said that 73 times in his letters. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I used to use this scripture so stinking bad. I preach this to some of y'all. If you are in Christ, you got to change, and you think, oh, no, it's not what it says, right? What I was is no longer there. What I am is dictated in the fact that I'm in Christ Jesus. Yes, as a result, I no longer sin. But it's not a litmus test of if you sin, you're bad, and if you don't, and you, you have to meet, you have to be good. No, that's not it. Yes or no is my position in Christ Jesus. It is not, am I good enough? Am I trying harder? Am I preaching better? Do we sing better? Do we serve better? That's all freaking awesome, right? But that's not what dictates our position or our overflow or the fact that we're filled in Christ. That's not it. And this is the uncomfortable spiral that happens to us because we look and say, I suck. I cannot believe, excuse me, but that's the truth, what I say to myself. I am such an idiot. I can't believe I've done these things. There's no way God is going to use me. There's no way. There's no way. Look what I've done. And I'm telling you right now, if you're in Christ Jesus, enough. Enough. Does that mean it's cool to keep doing what you're doing? Absolutely not. Run away from it. Why? Because you're in Christ. And the result of that is you've, you want to be filled more. You want to know him more. You want him to explode out of you. And in just a second, I'm going to show you why. Because it's thinking awesome what the verses say. But I'm asking y'all right now to be honest with yourselves this morning about whether or not you believe your position is dictated by your performance or you believe your performance is a result of your position. Because that is ultimately whether or not you are toxic when it comes to following Jesus Christ. If you believe because you're in Christ, there's nothing that cannot be done, and because you are in Christ Jesus and you've trusted him as your savior, that you want to change the world, that is thinking awesome. But if you believe, as I did for many years, like a humanism believer, like, like a humanistic, secular humanistic person that, that basically this is all just what I do, and the more that I do, the better I am, and the better he loves me, and he cannot love you more. It's crazy. But he loves you just like he loves you because he is God, and we are not. And it's crazy. Verse 18. Now, this is where it gets really good. All of this is from? Why doesn't it say, this is from me? I did this. You see, right? This is Mark. Right, and I do like, my name's on the back of my jersey. This is from this guy. No, all of this is from God. You're in Christ because of? Let's try that again. You're in Christ because of? Because all of this comes from? Right, that's awesome. That's it. Who through Christ reconciled us to himself. This is what reconciled means, and I'm not trying to act like you don't know words, but I think this is amazing. Reconciliation is not like, oops, I stole someone's pencil and they're mad at me. It is an enemy and an enemy reconciled means come together. It literally translates enemies become friends. That's weird. Some of y'all have enemies right now and you're like, look, for no amount of money or no amount of nothing, are we going to sit at the same table? Because that cat's jacked up and they would probably try to kill me, right? Y'all know what I mean? 
That's the way we are with God. But this is it. This is, listen, because we believe what we do dictates where we are with him, we're like, no, no, I'm, I'm just towing the line, right? Right, I'm balancing, I'm balancing. But I am separated by a vast, humongous pit that cannot be filled and cannot be imagined how big it is until I'm in Christ. You are not close to a relationship or closer to a relationship than anyone unless you're in Christ. You're an enemy, listen, an enemy of God until you're in Christ, period. Enemy of God in Christ, only two options. And you're like, that is so hard to understand because I'm doing good stuff. <laughs> Yay, you know, here's your badge. But you're an enemy of God. Or you're a friend of God because you're in Christ Jesus. And this is why he came. All of this came from God because we don't deserve it. Like, here's the whole problem. Here's where we have attention. Is I look at myself and I say, I don't deserve this. I'm an enemy of God. I'm, I'm doing all these things. I rebel against him with my heart. I, I sin because I do it naturally because that's how I was made. And then I choose to sin also. And why would God want a relationship with me? I don't know. Other than the fact that he loves us and to honor the father, Jesus came and died to rescue us at just the right time. When we were hopeless, Jesus Christ came and died for us. That's Paul's words. And the only way that we're rescued if we're in, that's a good time to say Christ, right? <laughs> if we're in Christ, right? This is so cool. Watch this. Who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry. He gave you and me the ministry of reconciliation. Do you know what that means? This is, this is nuts. This is, I, that's why I love this passage so much. He didn't go, you know what, I am God. That's how I, he talks this way to me, so he better talk this way to you. I am God, and I will reconcile, thus saith the Lord. And he blows his horn, right, because that's what God does. Right? No, he goes, no, you're my daughters, and you're my sons, and I am using you. I choose to use you to go out there and to reconcile all of them to me. And that is craziness because I'm jacked up. God, why would you use me? Because that was your calling on this planet, to honor God and to reconcile them. He, give, he gives me and you. And this is the word that kept being said to me over and over, guys. When are you going to step into your calling? And I was like, bro, I'm a pastor. What do you even mean step into your calling? And then over and over, and it was, they, they finally said, no, you're not going to get it till you get it. And I was like, I get it. I'm a pastor. <laughs> My position is already set. I don't care about your position based on what you believe a position is because you believe your performance as a pastor is what's gotten you to the position. Your position is in Christ. You were called to something much bigger than preach at Four Points Church. You were called by Christ because you're in Christ and he gave you the ministry of reconciliation that's bigger than pastor. That's bigger than a tag in front of my name because it's the calling that is of the Lord Jesus because he called me to be his son. That's craziness. And he gave you and, and me, and listen, this is what it takes. When I walk out and I hate them because I hate me, and then I say, but I want you to be reconciled to God because I am. They look at us and go, for real? Because you seem pissed off, right? You seem like you hate you. And you yell at your wife, and you cussed at that dude that drove by you 100 miles an hour. Sorry, that was me. And like, you do all these things. So I don't want what you have, bro. 
why would I want to be a friend of God like you're a friend of God? It seems like you try so hard. It seems like you're trying so hard. Stop trying. <laughs> Step into your calling. God's called you, Christ followers, in this room to something much bigger than you can imagine. And you put yourself down and believe that you're not good enough. And what you're ultimately saying is, God, you're not good enough because you made me bad. At the point that we believe God is what God is, we no longer tell God what he's not and what he can't do. And what he can do is make you to be his reconcilers. You, you little Christs, you followers of Jesus are reconcilers. And it is amazing that he looks at you and says, I choose you. I use you. The reason we say run your mouth, hashtag, the reason we say all these other things, right? The reason we do what we do, the reason we're talking about culture all the time is not so that we sound cool or sound hip or sound trendy and have an awesome rock and worship bouncer. We're cool. It's because we believe we've been called to something so much bigger and that this church is not going to stay like this church is for very long because we're going to take over this entire community with the gospel of Jesus. Not so that people know the name of Four Points, but so they know Jesus Christ. Because we are reconcilers of the king. And at the point that we believe that about ourselves, and I'm not talking about Mark. I am including Mark, but I'm not talking about Mark. I'm talking about all of you that call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ in the minute that we believe that about ourselves and about the Lord Jesus in us. We're going to change the world. Not counting their sins against them and entrusting you the message of reconciliation. Now listen. Did you read that? Not counting your trespasses. That means sins against you. Yeah, but God, hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 God. Let's get on the same page. But do you remember what I did? Seriously, like, like I slept with that dude. God, like I, I got divorced. And, and I got remarried. God, hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you remember seriously what I did? Like, I, got, I abused somebody. And God's like, no, listen, if you're in me, <laughs> if, if at the point that I trust Jesus Christ as my Savior and say it's not about me, but it's about you in me, he does not hold your sins against you anymore. At that point, if that doesn't start messing you up, you don't get it. Because <laughs> that's thinking crazy. Because I've had arguments with God about what God said. Yes, that makes me stubborn and dumb. But thank God that he doesn't care because he doesn't hold that against me either. But Romans 8 verse 1 messes me up. That there's no condemnation for those of us in, in Christ. You're not condemned. He loves you and he's called you and he brings you home and he says, no, listen, it's bigger than that. I've given you the job, the responsibility, the calling. Step into it. You're my reconcilers. Why? Because I don't hold your sins against you. I've called you. You're mine. Oh my goodness, that's good. And I entrust you. I'm not doing this by myself. I'm putting in you. And so what comes out? Let's call it a sermon series overflow. That would be awesome. Let's, call, let, let's put it in you so it comes out. And what bursts out is reconciliation, love. Do I go out and condemn the world? That's not my call. That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't stand on a street corner and wave a bat around and do all this crazy stuff and say, you're going to hell. The truth of the matter is, listen, the truth of the matter is, they are. But I believe the wake-up call is not yelling at them and telling them they're going to hell. They know they're screwed up. 
but telling them I'm screwed up too and the God of the universe loves me and reconciled me to himself, not based on what I've done, but based on who he is and who he is inside of me. And as a result, I want you to know it too and I love you because I love me. Because he loves me. (laughs) And then look at verse 20 because it's good, man. Once again, as a result, therefore, because of what we just read, you and I, we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Y'all know what ambassadors are? It's like the armor bearers. It's the people that hold the flag. In a war, they're the people that represent the king. They're the people that stand up and they're proud because they're the armor bearers. They're the ambassadors. They're the ones that go on behalf of We have people that represent this nation on behalf of all of us that go speak to other countries. There are ambassadors. That is you. But it is not for a country or for a place. It is for the king of kings. As you wake up in the morning, I'm not good enough, God. You're my son. You're my daughter. God, I can't do this. Yes, you can. God, I I don't know if I have the ability. I've given you the ability. Inside of you, I put the ability. You're my ambassador's. I've called you to something bigger. Believe that about yourself. You are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through you. Seriously? That the way that the God of this universe makes his appeal to the world is through me? That I don't have to try harder or go more or do more or be more or or do more... You're making your appeal through this guy and through this girl and through this man and through this woman, through us. He makes his appeal to the world because we're his ambassadors, we're his armor bearers, we're clothed in his righteousness. As I was reading this passage, before I close, I want y'all to listen and think about this. I've got two really awesome kids, man. They're, they're pretty awesome. They're really cool. So I put those videos on and y'all watch them sometimes. They're crazy sometimes, and I kind of wish y'all would take them (laughs) from time to time, but they're so cool. I love them so much. I cannot explain my love for my kids. And they're not given their place because of what they've done, but because they have my name, because we birthed them, right? And no matter what they do, if my kids kill somebody, it will break my heart. Like I believe it breaks God's heart when we sin but he does not love us any less. If my kids turn out to be the way that I wish they weren't, I will still love them. My kids being in my will someday will not be dictated on what they do or their job that they become. It will be dictated on the fact that their last name is my last name and they have my DNA flowing through me. And that's awesome. But it is so much bigger and so much more powerful and so much more greater when it's the King of Kings that calls you. Listen, at the point that you trust Jesus Christ, Jesus said in John chapter 3 when he was speaking to Nicodemus that you're born again, that you're alive in Jesus Christ. But it only happens when I'm in Christ Jesus. It's not what I do that dictates that. It's that he has called me and I have answered. I've heard his cry and I've said, yes, Lord Jesus, I will follow you, but it's because of what you've done in me. It's because of what you did on the finished work of the cross. And then that you rose from the dead. It's not what I do. You've called me. My kids did not wake up one day and say, I wish I was in that family. They were born because we chose to have children. The Lord Jesus looks down on you and says, I want you as my daughter and I want you as my son. Guys, girls, the minute that we wake up and say yes, it's not about me. It's about Christ 
in me, I will birth a new life that changes everything. And my toxicity, when I go out and people see me, changes. And it's no longer there. And this is the vehicle that he used. We implore you guys, I'm asking you right now, we implore you on behalf of Jesus Christ to step up and say, that is me. My whole life I've acted like a Christian, sounded like a Christian, or maybe never heard this before. And all being a Christian is saying, yes, Lord Jesus, I will follow you. I believe that you died and rose again. And I'm, I'm asking all of you to not leave here if that's not you. But this is why I have hope today. And this is why I've been exploding to preach this message. For our sake, fill in your name right there. For your sake, for Mark's sake, he made him, Jesus, to be sin. To take on all of my sin. Who, who had never sinned, he knew no sin at all, so that I could be, so that, excuse me, in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. He took on every single one of your sins. Why can Jesus not hold my sins against me? Because he took them, and he nailed them to the cross, and on Calvary's tree, and when he rose from the dead, he had a, he had a funeral for all your sin and death. And he took it on, and he said, you have my clothes now not the close of your sin. I don't hold your sins against you because I got them if you follow me. Guys, guys, if you're in Christ Jesus, he's given you the job. Step into your calling and change the world. We're going to change the world when we believe about Jesus what he is and as a result believe in about us what we are. You are sons and daughters of the king. You are clothed in his glory and in his righteousness. So this is what I want you to do. If you'll bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray. And I want you to pray with me out loud. Two things. The first thing is going to be a prayer of salvation. I do not believe a prayer saves you. I believe your heart trusting the Lord Jesus is what saves you. But, but in this prayer, we're going to tell Jesus that he's awesome and it's about him and not us. And then afterwards, what I want you to do is just be honest with yourself and with me about where you are with Christ Jesus. Will you pray out loud with me? Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Savior of the world. And you came to die for my sins to honor God. You took on sin so that I could be righteous. Today, Lord Jesus, I want your life, your hope, and your glory inside of me. I believe you rose from the dead and you live for me today. I trust you as Savior and Lord. For the rest of my life, I'll live for you. Be as a result of what you've done in me. Keep your heads bowed. If anybody in here for the first time and you meant it, prayed that prayer, listen to me. It's not about that prayer. It's about the fact that you're in Christ Jesus now. It doesn't matter if you've been baptized a hundred times or you've never been baptized at all. I want you to just slip your hand up wherever you are and say, Pastor Mark, that's me. I've never been saved and I want today for the world to know that I'm saved right here and right now. If that's you, just raise your hand wherever you are all over the room. I just want you to say, Pastor Mark, that's me, man. I'm not a Christian. And I... And I want to be in Christ Jesus. That's me today. I prayed that and I meant it in my heart. 
for everybody else in this room. I believe there's a lot of you that, like me, you're so frustrated because you don't believe that you deserve to be at the table with the Lord Jesus. You don't believe that you're good enough. And if that's you this morning, I just want you to slip your hand up and say, man, I'm so thankful for this and I, I believe in my heart that God, thank you, just put them up all over the room. I believe that God wants to use me to change the world, not based on what I do, keep them up, not based on what I do, but based on Christ Jesus who is in me. It is hands all over the room. I want you to know this. You can look at me right quick. I want you to know this. It is not what you do. It is not what you do that determines overflow, but who is in you that determines where you are. Position, not performance, determines overflow. Our calling is to love God, love people. And as a result, starts with you guys. It starts with the fact that we love ourselves, not because we're awesome, but because of Jesus Christ in us. And it spills over into the entire world. We're going to sing a song in just a minute. And it is the anthem of this house. I'm telling you, I believe God has given us this anthem so that we can declare it to the world that this is us. And I want y'all to stand. I want you to throw your hands up and I want you to tell the world that this is what we're about. But listen to me right now. Your calling is not dictated on your personality type or what you believe about yourself, but the fact that Christ Jesus is in you. So as you sing this song, declare it to the world. Y'all stand with us.